Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was ain't open them up. Should it be something that's open them up? If it's ain't something that's open them out. And then it's something that's open them out. And then it's something that's part of it. And now from an undisclosed location, you are now tuned in to the Xander Effect with host Xander Dane. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, along with my co-host, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, brother. How you doing? Oh, man. it's You, you know how it always goes. I, I, I hate you, but I love you, but I hate you, but I really love you, but I really hate you. That's all right. I think you love me this week because you actually won for once in fantasy football. So, well, know. we'll get to that later on, of course. You know, and I was actually the highest scorer on our fantasy team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, gonna throw that out there. A haters gonna hate all day, every day. Anyways, welcome to the show that talks about entertainment, sports, and video games. Got a lot of really cool stuff to chat with you guys about today, including in entertainment news. Looks like uh, the Suicide Squad, uh, well, the second Suicide Squad that's coming up, the spinoff series that's going to be coming out very soon, um, you know, is going to have a spinoff. They they have plans for a spinoff for, with uh, starring John Cena um, because he's, he's actually going to be playing in the new Suicide Squad movie, uh, The Peacemaker, is what the the role that Johnson is going to be playing. And um, there's already talks, and the movie hasn't even come out yet, but there's already talks of uh, of John Cena having his own spinoff from the movie, uh, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna air more than likely on HBO Max. So HBO Max has already shown interest in it, and that should be a really cool, really interesting uh, TV series, I would think. I think it could be. I mean, John's actually shown a decent amount of growth in his acting over the years. You know, he's no longer the same guy who did the Marine. Um, <laughs> we won't. We won't bring that one up ever again, ever again. <laughs> but you know, I don't, he think has, he, I, don't, I don't think he wants to bring that up either. <laughs> that's what I mean. The guy's come a long way, a long way. So uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. I think fans would really get a kick out of that. But we're gonna have to see how his characters received i mean they get ahead of themselves with this kind of stuff and considering the film's not out and so on you know they oftentimes have plans for these characters and through no fault of john's this character might not be as popular as they think you know so we just got to wait and see if it's something that comes to fruition well, so far, it seems that HBO has already ordered eight episodes of the show, uh, and uh, it's going to be actually written by uh, by director James Gunn, and he's going to actually direct multiple episodes, including the pilot. So having him direct the series and write it, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it actually might might go somewhere. Oh, it's definite. I mean, they're putting they're putting their all behind it, so that uh, that definitely would succeed. Again, in my opinion, if this is a character people are going to want to watch and follow. I don't know. Did you ever did you ever read the the comic book of the Peacemaker at all? Because I don't, I don't remember I, that that villain that villain for me. I don't know. It's it's a. I never really got into that one. Well. Like I said, I never delved very deeply into the comic books. Liar. No, Liar. no, truthfully. <laughs> I had I had a very set couple of things that I was interested in, in particular any of the uh, Wolverine specific 
um, Marvel offshoots. But my little brother was the one who really collected a lot. I mean, he was the one who introduced me to Deadpool. Ah, so he's, so so he was more of the dark, uh, the dark um, comic books. I mean, t- comic book antiheroes, I guess you might call them. Um, well, he's those are the ones I definitely uh, gravitated to. Josh actually was a true comic book collector. He had a great collection and uh, all sorts of x-men and originals and dc and i mean he really he really loved his comic books and he could delve into all the offshoot you know crossovers and tell you what happened in this one and that one and i i just never delved that deeply so this wasn't a character that i was familiar with really almost at all well i mean you know well, well, like as far as this one is concerned, I mean, we'll see what's going to happen with them because I mean, I'm I'm actually interested because I mean, Doom Patrol. I got to be honest, I watched Doom Patrol, and I don't know, have you seen that series yet? I have. I actually enjoy. I've I've watched a few of them. I really liked it. I don't know. For me, it was a little bit slow. Like it was, it wasn't fast paced. I mean, it was more. The show was very odd to me in my opinion i mean it's not it's it's a it's a good show don't get me wrong it's a good show very like it's got a lot of comedy in it but it's very odd (laughs) and it throws me off a little bit you know like that's kind of what i what i dug about it i i felt they were going for that and uh, consider the source (laughs) look who i'm talking to (laughs) thank you hey a little odd is a compliment (laughs) i mean i don't know it was just very strange to me man and and you know it's seems that um it seems that uh they're doing well though i didn't i honestly didn't think they would actually go for a second season i i really didn't think so but the one show that i am waiting on for it to come out on a second season which i don't think because of covid they've been able to actually film it yet has been uh titans and that was a really good show that titans man talk about a show that got me hooked from the very beginning um and they but they still haven't announced uh, uh, another season for it yet Last season they featured, uh, they featured, um, they, they featured, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, whatchamacallit, my favorite character. I can't, I'm mad, I'm losing my train of thought. Shut up. Uh, because I always get these characters mixed up. Uh, De- um, Deathstroke, I always get them mixed up with Deadshot, Deadpool, and then there's Deathstroke. They all have death in it, okay? So I always get them all mixed up every freaking time. So last season on Titans, they they uh, they introduced they introduced uh, Deathstroke and his daughter into the series, which made it really cool. She became one of the Titans, actually, and uh, it was a really really interesting uh, season last season. So I'm looking forward for them to come out with a new one. But yeah, but Doom Patrol's there now. They're gonna have the Peacemaker coming out. Uh, they still haven't really announced when that one's gonna that's gonna come out. So we're still waiting on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, John Cena to, to star in it, James Gunn to direct and write it. I, I don't know. It might be a pretty good series. Who knows? But uh, I, I think it's definitely set up for success. They're putting they're putting the big guns behind it. Well, and, and in talking about uh, DC and other entertainment news, Supergirl is officially going to be hanging up her cap. 
her cape, her cap, her cape. Um, she's uh, looks like uh, the D, the, C, the CW and producers at Warner Brothers have decided to give uh, Supergirl the last season, which will which she's coming up upcoming in her sixth season, and uh, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be uh, pretty crazy because I mean you know she's she's been around the uh, Supergirl's been around for for a few years now. Uh, she's garnered a fan base, a uh, big success, but I think towards toward like you know after a while it would seem that a lot of television shows start to kind of fizzle out and uh i mean they they had uh plans for a spinoff uh for uh, ironically supergirl has a spinoff uh from or superman's gonna have a spinoff off of supergirl if, if, which is interesting to me actually <laughs> i'm like um shouldn't that be the other way around i mean you know but whatever you know it is what it is there that's how they're doing it um so yeah, so it's it's gonna happen. Uh, uh, sixth season is gonna be pretty much the last season for Supergirl, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it could be it could have a many, it could have to do with many things because I mean Melissa Benoit Benoist I think her, her is how you pronounce her last name or Benoit something. I think that's how she's. She spells it uh, very interestingly, and, I'm, and I always have trouble pronouncing her last name. But uh, she's the she's the one that stars as Supergirl, and uh, she recently got married uh, with uh, with her with one of the the other uh, stars of Supergirl. Actually, he was he played uh, her love interest on the show, and I guess her love interest in real life. And they recently got married, and I think maybe that might have something to do with it. Maybe she wants to go ahead and uh, she. I, I think that uh, I. I believe that i saw somewhere that um she wanted to start a family and things like that and um you know uh that that could have something to do with it uh who knows maybe that's that but we we don't know if that's for sure what what it is big changes in life can always do that kind of thing but as as you said before you start hitting that fifth or sixth season sixth or seventh season that's really when a lot of shows begin to lose their punch they lose the creativity and a lot of the originality and it's one of the reasons why only up until recently when you have so many channels and things have become so diluted up until recently you didn't see a lot of shows that went past seven seasons Mm -hmm. you know it, it was pretty rare and it's become much much more common now that we have so much uh, space to fill and so much programming is needed but i think it's kind of natural no matter what maybe big changes were going on that when things start to wind down like that and maybe you're not feeling like things are are quite up to the par they were or have the same originality that it's natural to say eh, maybe it's time to move on yeah and and the thing is that like many people don't really realize this but supergirl actually started on uh, on the nbc network uh they actually she actually uh started there they had two seasons before they dropped them and uh, they dropped the show the series and then the cw picked it up so that's the reason why it's like wow like many people don't realize when they see damn it's, it's been around for seven seven seasons that's that's crazy i didn't think it was around for that long that's why because it came from another network mm -hmm. and it's it, it continued on on the cw after it was on nbc well so i have to admit i i had a bias 
and I'll tell you where it came from. I really didn't think this show would go on as long as it has or do as well as it did or actually be as good as it really turned out to be. And that bias, I have to admit, came from seeing the original Supergirl movie and, and that horrible cartoon they had as well very soon afterwards. Um the very first flight I was ever on was to London to film when I was like seven and a half, eight years old. And mm. they only played two movies Country, which was some really dramatic thing with like Sissy Spacek or something, and then Supergirl. So as a kid, what of course did I watch? Yeah. Well, uh. They showed it over and over and over, and it was already a really bad film, and I was kind of traumatized having to watch it like 16 <laughs> times in a flight. Um, so I had a bias. I really did. When this came out, I really thought this show was going to bomb. I didn't think it could be very good at all, and it was. It was a total bias based on how bad that original film was, and the truth is I really enjoyed the show. I liked what they did with it, and I'm really glad they uh, they succeeded with it. And ironically, actually, the, the 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 woman that starred in the original Supergirl became uh, this Supergirl, Cara Danvers' mother on the, in the CW series. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I did know that. It's kind of cool. I love when they do a little connection like that. Exactly. So that was really that was really awesome of that. Uh, but uh, Melissa went on actually social media and she said, "quote To say it has been an honor portraying this iconic character would be a massive understatement. Seeing the incredible impact the show has had on young." girls around the world has always left me humbled and speechless. She's had that impact on me. I'm sorry. She's had that impact on me too. She's taught me strength. I didn't know I had to find hope in the darkest of places and that we are stronger uh, when we're united. What she stands for pushes all of us to be better. She has changed my life for the better and I'm forever grateful. I'm so excited that we get to plan our conclusion to this amazing journey and I cannot wait for you to see what we have in store i promise we're going to make it one hell of a final season so that's pretty much uh, a wrap for supergirl uh man i dude i gotta tell you man i had the biggest crush on melissa though like when i first saw her i was like hi <laughs> man of course you did what dude, is she another one of your former ex-wives dude well not anymore she's married now so i mean and actually this is her second marriage she's been married prior already i mean i don't i don't want to make her the next elizabeth taylor you know and have me be this the third so <laughs> that, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be right um like I, like i have a chance so anyways, <laughs> I, there i i said it for you how about you that? beat me to it it's okay yeah, yeah i said it for you you jackass anyways but see that's why i love you that's why i have you here <laughs> uh in other entertainment news uh, Demi Moore to star in uh, the podcast series adaptation Dirty Diana in the works at Amazon. Now, see, we haven't really heard from Demi in a while. And uh, man, she still looks, oh, she's still gorgeous. An- another one, another one, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so she's actually in uh, in this uh, this uh, podcast, uh, Dirty Diana, uh, that's currently in development uh, at Amazon. And it's actually an erotic drama podcast podcast that debuted in August and uh, more uh, to me was actually lending her voice uh, to the for the leading role so I guess it got it um, created some sort of a clout to the point that Amazon decided to pick it up so that should be actually an interesting type of uh, series and of 
course, she's going to lend her voice. She's got that sultry, sexy voice going on. I was going to say, she has the perfect voice for that and, you know, has been a part of many roles with that type of feel and vibe. So I, I can't think of anybody else that'd be, you know, would, would be more perfect to especially doing kind of an old school, um, you know, semi-erotic podcast type thing, similar to all that old school radio style. I think she she's... That's just such a perfect combination. And according to uh, Variety.com, an article written by uh, Joe Otterson, uh, he says, quote, the erotic drama podcast debuted in August with more lending her famous voice to the leading role. The podcast premiered as a six episode series loosely inspired by the story of a fractured moment in creator Sheena Festa's marriage, exploring how two partners can find their way back to each other through perseverance, connection and sex. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is something that uh, this is something that uh, that more would have like, man, she's just she's just sexy all around. She, that woman, that woman doesn't get older. She just gets hotter as time goes. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and and so it should be a very interesting, uh, interesting podcast that uh, that Amazon picked up, which, by the way, we're also a part of Amazon, too. Did you know that? Uh, yes, I did. It's uh, kind of cool to uh, to be a part of the big uh, the big tycoon brand. Right, right. Jeff Bezos, you know, we got you. Hey, we love you. We love you. <laughs> we're bringing we're we're bringing entertainment as much as we can to Amazon. So, <laughs> um, the podcast actually is uh, included uh, Carmen Ejago, Mackenzie Davis, Deo O'Kenny, uh, Betsy Brandt, Max Greenfield, Clay's Bang, Penelope Ann Miller, John Tinney, uh, Ryan. Wakefield and Dolly Wells uh, with cameos from uh, Gwendolyn Christie, Rosa Salazar, Ava Gray, Lena Dunham, Lena Dunham, uh, Melanie Griffith, Andrea Risenborough, Chris uh, Diamonopoulos, uh, Lily Taylor, and Leslie Ann Warren. So basically, it's 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 an all-star cast. And I was going to say some powerhouse names there. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting uh, podcast, and uh, you know we'll we'll like I- I'm actually looking forward to listening to it for no other reason whatsoever. Of course, no, it's it's sheerly for the star power. It, it, well, that and, and it's, it's clearly it's you know clearly just for um, you know I, I I I'm a journalist. What can I say? I'm a journalist. I have to do my research. You know, it's it's clearly for research purposes. It's it's a, it's a rough life. It so is. So we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on that or an ear on that. Uh, in other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to actually interview uh, 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 a restaurant owner. And uh, his name is Drew Gates. Uh, he was a former uh, Hollywood uh, club promoter, one of the top club promoters in Hollywood. And he recently opened up an amazing sports lounge called Third Base LA. And let me tell you, it's, a, it's an incredible lounge. He opened up last year uh, uh, in in, uh, in November of last year. He's still doing very well, um, but uh, he's, you know, he's a little bit... Um, He's a little bit concerned with the winter season because, you know, I mean, in L.A., we have we virtually only have one season, which is summer pretty much all year long. (laughs) Um, There is no weather. But when it gets cold, it really gets cold. Uh, So, I mean, he's got he's got valid concerns. And right now, the way things are going, I mean, he 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 didn't get hit hard with the pandemic. Other businesses did. But his concern is definitely having to do with what's going to happen in the wintertime and the government's just not helping enough. So 
you know, he's concerned about that as many other owners are concerned of it too. So, well, you know, it's definitely a, a very uh, interesting interview and that's coming up next. But first, here is Annalise Hoveda's Aftertaste right here on The Xander Effect. Feeling sorry for half the things that we did. Know that in my style, and you're too hard to quit. When I try to save myself from messing with my own head, come down from the height and tell myself these things. Don't get emotional, addicted to the sweet pain. Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Maxim Waddle Riley Sawyer. And you're listening, and you're listening, and you're listening to the Xander Effect.
what's good? This is Isaiah. How you doing? This is Eli. We are Dose, and you're on the Xander Effect. Los Angeles, third base LA, Mr. Drew Gates. Drew, how you doing today, man? 
Good. How are you, Xander? Another beautiful day in paradise. You know how SoCal weather is nice and sunny and warm, and it never, ever gets to winter. The weather is never changing. No, but yeah, so, I mean, Drew, I got to tell you, man, I've known you for many years. I've known you since, what, 2006, 2007? And oh let me gosh. tell you, dude, it's it's been a long time since we've known each other. Um, oh but. I, I got to tell you, man, I'm really happy for you, your success. I've seen you grow. I mean, I've even, I've even, I, I'd like to think that I've influenced a little bit some of your decision making, especially when uh, you went from being a Hollywood club promoter here in Hollywood, mind you, um, because you promoted some of the biggest events in, in Hollywood history, red carpets, what have you, everything, celebrities, A-list celebrities, the works. And, um, you know, you, you went from Hollywood, you went to to Vegas and I'd like to think I had a little something to do with that one because I remember you you were kind of on the fence about it but man I gotta tell you you definitely have grown and I gotta ask you know from the very beginning how did you how did you get started in in the Hollywood nightlife I mean you know how did you become a quote event coordinator because that's pretty much what they call promoters anyway right well thank you for the kind words first of all I appreciate it and uh, you know it's been quite a journey to be honest I um Honestly, I was just going out to the clubs in Hollywood. I moved to LA, I didn't know anybody, started going out and a few years later, one of the club owners said, hey man, you know, you have all these people with you, so why don't you come promote from you on the weekends? So I said, sure, no problem. So it just started off as kind of a fun little side gig I did and then just my network grew and I, I grew, the industry grew and so um, I uh, ended up being where I am today. But you know, um, you did influence my decision to go to Vegas there a little bit. It was a tough decision for me. I had a uh, job offer to uh, help open Hakkasan, which was a really, really large project in Vegas. And um, I was sort of on a fence about moving to Las Vegas. So I've talked to a few people, just kind of get people's input. And um, you were one of those people. So I ended up taking that offer and probably the best thing I did for myself and my career. I ended up moving to Vegas. And uh, you know, Vegas is sort of like the uh, major leagues when it mm -hmm. comes to hospitality. So um, I'm very, I'm glad I did that. So uh, yeah, I was in Vegas for three years, then uh, came back here. I was a director for Tao Group here in Los Angeles, and then ended up, you know, going on, going off on my own and opening my own places. Man, that's it. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I mean, your journey has been incredible. Um, I mean, but my, my, the, the funny thing about this is, is that promoting wasn't really a career path that you had chosen. It chose you in a sense because you had a different career path, correct? Correct. Yeah. I used to work for a very large corporation. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention it, but I did something completely different. My, 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 uh, college degrees in computer science, I have two computer science and business management. So, um, I did the nightlife stuff for fun really on the weekend. I had a nine to five job during the week. So, um, yeah, this is kind of sort of, uh, you know, just did it for fun and then ended up switching careers later on. So you're not necessarily, you're not necessarily just one of those typical couple modes. You're actually a genius. <laughs> I try. I, I appreciate the kind words, but yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I try to use all the tools, uh, in my arsenal. I've, uh, when I was going to college, everybody said that you are, that I was in the wrong major because, you know, a lot of guys in the computer science field, they're not the most maybe outgoing social guys. They like to be behind the screen. 
So everybody's always told me, you know, you're in the wrong major, man. You gotta, you gotta switch major to marketing or something. Do something else. <laughs> well, well, dude, I mean, I gotta say, you know, because yeah, you don't, you, you don't really look like the computer science type, to be honest. Like you're, <laughs> you're nowhere near that. I mean, even, even if people were to see you, they would never even think that you were, I guess, for lack of a better word, a quote computer geek. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I've, you know, I've been lucky. I've, uh, you know, I, I. I've been lucky. Um, That's really the best way to describe it, I guess. No, but I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, and like I said, you know, you have, you have definitely done some of the craziest nightlife events that I've been not only a part of, but I've also witnessed as well. And, uh, you know, it's amazing the, the success that you've gone, that you've had, but you know, unfortunately you, you just opened up third base LA last year, correct? Yeah, we opened in November of last year. Man, and and then now the coronavirus has completely, you know, affected everything, you know, every business owner everywhere, really. I mean, right now, clubs aren't even open. There have been there have been uh, private Hollywood parties and everything to try to go ahead and make up for the lack of of uh, social life, I guess, you know, with the with the nightlife. Um, So they've had to shut those down. I mean, but you're but you're a restaurant. I mean, I, I would call it like what a restaurant lounge sports bar type of place. We like to call it a sports lounge. We really are. You know, we are. I, I hate using the word sports bar. We're a sports lounge. The way the space is designed, uh, it looks more like a lounge. Um, and we are a food first concept. So we're also a restaurant. We wanted to make sure um, that food was really good. It was a very important element for this concept for us because we want to draw people here even when there are no sporting events going on. So it's really a restaurant sports lounge type of a concept. We have a DJ here and people come to enjoy the games. People come to enjoy enjoy food and you know we create a fun atmosphere with DJ playing and you know we would do offer bottle service here so people take advantage of that as well and so this turns into a little bit of a a little bit of a party no and that's and that's that was the whole point of it I would imagine when you first came up with the concept but unfortunately like I said you know COVID-19 has affected so many businesses worldwide and you were recently on a uh, on a on a news channel uh, I believe it was a San Francisco based news channel and uh, you talked a little bit about how uh, COVID-19 has affected your business which you know between you and I you you've spoken to me and you said that you know quote you're killing it but you're worried about the next season, the winter season coming around, which, which, you know, is a valid, is a valid concern because it does get kind of cold out. And so far you've been following guidelines, uh, CDC guidelines. You've been, you know, making sure your customers are social, uh, socially distancing themselves. Uh, You've had everything. So, I mean, how, like, how are you, how are you, you know, how are you um, trying to cope with everything that's going on right now? we're really the best word to use right now is we're really trying to survive here. We've been fortunate enough to have an outside area where we built a patio, a nice patio. Um, we're, you know, we hung some TVs outside and we've been fortunate enough to have uh, this outside area. A lot of the restaurants in Los Angeles are not as fortunate as us. Uh, and I've mentioned this in my other interview is um, more than 50% of restaurants in Los Angeles are permanently closed. So the industry honestly is, has been decimated here. So we've been, uh, we've been hanging on, you know, there's, um, there's been some government assistance, but they're really, 
you know, very temporary fixes for us. And especially right now with the winter is coming and everything that we're seeing in the news, it looks like there'll be another wave of COVID cases and we expect most likely another shutdown. And, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to be, um, you know, our outside patio probably won't be as useful. It's not weatherproof. So it's been tough. It's going to be a tough winter for everyone. Oh man. And I mean, do you, I mean, I, I, you know, usually my show doesn't really get into the political portion of everything because I try to keep everything as light as possible. But in your particular case, it's hard not to get into, uh, you know, the political aspect of it, because at the end of the day, politics does play a role in businesses and the economy. So, I mean, do you think that the government is handling the situation with business owners correctly? Or do you think that they could probably do a little bit of a better job with it? They could definitely do a better job with this. Obviously, this is an unprecedented situation and it's understandable. There are, you know, the government is sort of scrambling here, but so are we. So the unfair part about all of this is that the the shutdowns, I suppose, are understandable. We're trying to prevent the spread of this disease. But while the businesses are getting closed by the government, the government has to provide better assistance than that would, that's what they have been doing. You know, the, the landlords for all these restaurants, they expect their full rent to be paid, mm-hmm. and but the restaurants are closed. So there has to be another approach to this. You know, instead of putting these temporary fixes in place, there has to be a, a better all around strategy on how to save these industries because restaurants, <laughs> restaurants are a very large industry, larger than the airline industry. We employ more people. We, you know, compared to banking industry as well, you know, in 2008, the banks that caused the crisis were bailed out by the taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point right now, the restaurant industry seems to be getting overlooked. Um, you know, again, I'm sure maybe the airline industries might get some kind of some kind of help from from uh, from the government, but nobody seems to be talking about the restaurants, which is why we joined this independent restaurant coalition to um, you know to to make sure that the Congress and the government on federal and local level hears us and, you know, and basically we're saying, Hey guys, you know, we're here, we're, we're a large industry. We employ 16 million people. Um, we generate, we, 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 um, generate quite a bit of revenue and we obviously we participate in, um, in, in the overall economy of the United States. So we contribute over a trillion dollars to the GDP a year. So that's, that's not a small industry. Yeah. And and that there seems to be no specific help offered to us. And this help we're asking for is, 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 is going to allow us to survive. You know, it's not something that we've caused. We've been told to close, but what is, you know, what is the other side of this coin? Okay. So we're closed now, but what is the government doing on the other hand to, to help us survive this? And that's a valid question. That's definitely a valid question. I mean, I mean, and you're a brand new business, which is even worse because you guys just, barely started scratching the surface, uh, the surface of, of, uh, of making, you know, making a living out of this. And this is totally screwed up your plans. I'm sure of, of, uh, of growing your business even more, I would imagine. Absolutely. It has definitely affected our growth. We were doing really, really well when we first opened. And of course, when March came around and, uh, all the shutdowns have happened, it was a very stressful time for, for me personally, but of course, for all of my employees as well, we employ quite a bit of people before shutdown we had 
almost a hundred employees. So all of those people without jobs. And I feel like, obviously I feel responsible for, for my folks that have worked really hard for me. And there's not much we could do for them. We, we, we can't reopen. Um, we couldn't reopen. So, and then once we were allowed to reopen for one weekend, you know, with social distancing rules, then literally on Monday, we were told there is no more in, indoor dining al- allowed. And we're scrambling, uh, trying to make do. Uh, there is no plan. There is no strategy. So we're sort of, you know, we're, we're scrambling. And not only that, survive. well, not only that, but I mean, when you guys, when, when Los Angeles was allowed to reopen, the riots happened. <laughs> That's another thing that I'm sure kind of affected you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We were right in the middle of all the riots. Um, and, um, it was, uh, it was not a pleasant, uh, period of, uh, of, uh, of the year for us. You know, those three months, two months was, it was quite frankly, it was kind of scary. Well, you guys, you guys seem to have like held your own. So that's a good thing. I'm curious with all, I mean, I'm sure that you've like you, uh, you maintain a pretty good relationship with other owners. Have you and possibly the owner, other uh, business owners maybe come together to try to like, you know, speak to, uh, to your local Congress or County or, uh, government officials about this situation. So mostly uh, we've really been talking to, um, through this independent restaurant coalition to the government on the federal level, because that's who can provide most of the assistance for us. Now we are going to start reaching out to local officials as well. Uh, you know, again, the, the local city governments uh, I'm sure are also struggling with their, with, with their finances. So the, the, the help has to come from the federal level. Uh, but, um, the, it's what the local governments could probably do. And, you know, these are just my of the ideas that maybe something about <clears throat> freezing rent and freezing mortgage so the landlords don't go after us and uh and, and in turn the banks don't go after the landlords to collect mortgage that would have helped everybody and perhaps not even businesses maybe just people in general uh, of this country would be perhaps helped more if both you know if mortgages and rent were frozen and this way people don't have to worry about rent and they could spend their money on, you know, essentials like food. <laughs> no. And I, and I, and I agree with that, but I mean, from what I understand, it seems that, uh, at least from some of the things that I've, that I've read is that they did try to go ahead and put a moratorium on evictions and things like that. Um, <clears throat> But the other problem with this, from what I understand, is that even if they were to put a moratorium, even if they were to freeze all this stuff, people would actually have to have to uh, pay uh, for the past uh, for the stuff that was frozen for the time that it was frozen. Like, in other words, all those months accumulated together, they would have to pay for that. Absolutely. The the freeze, again, is just another temporary short term fix because again, the landlords are going to right. The landlords are going to come after businesses after the moratorium is over and they're going to want that uh, uh, back rent to be paid. And imagine being closed for, well, we've been closed for three months. We've been able to partially reopen. We're not where we need to be. Of course, we're barely surviving, but another shutdown is looming. So, you know, a lot of the restaurants that have closed that don't have the outside patio, they 
they would have been closed for basically a year. Uh, I mean, not many places have um, enough funds to be able to just uh, go ahead and pay a year worth of back rent. Well, I mean, and and that's and that's always going to be the difficult part. So my my curiosity, as far as third base LA is concerned, obviously you see that the winter's coming. Obviously, you see that's going to be it's going to be hard months ahead. Do you are you fearful that? you might be, I mean, that this might affect you to the point of closing doors, or do you think, do you believe that there may be a way to still continue to save your brand new business? Well, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to hopefully work something out with the landlord um, where the full uh, back rent is not going to be due right away, but not all landlords are, are flexible this way. Again, they have their mortgage payments due as well to the banks. So we shall see, you know, we are, we're talking to our landlords and seeing what we could do, but it doesn't help the business. It just sets us back again. Imagine having a business where you're closed for a year, you owe rent for one year, and then you reopen with this huge debt on the books now that Mm -hmm. you still have to pay off. So it sets the whole industry back a lot, a lot. Um, And it's a domino effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, this is going to affect property values for the landlords as well, Mm. um, because their tenants are moving out. They're unable to pay rent. Um, I don't know who the new tenants could be to take over those spaces. Um, so it's uh, definitely um, a domino effect on affects everyone. Yeah, I mean this this is definitely something that that man. I mean, I, I'd have to say that uh, nobody was really prepared for. Um, it's and it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, hell, this this virus is in, its, in and of itself is just so unpredictable. I mean, I, I know that uh, you know were, were you were you infected at all? Because I mean, you're out there in the middle of Hollywood. Were you infected by this virus at all? Yes. Yeah, I was. I did have it. Uh, earlier in the year. It wasn't the most pleasant experience. I would not want to go through it again. (laughs) I would imagine so. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when you told me and I was like, man, I can't believe that, you know, but you weren't sure when, when you told me, I mean, I wanted you to say it. I didn't want to say it myself. I didn't want to put your business out there. Um, But I mean, you told me about it and I was like, and I was like, well, how do you know? He's like, you were like, you were like, I think I have it. But I'm not sure if I have it, you know, I'm assuming. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, at the time when I, I had it, there was no testing available yet. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were things on the news about it. And the, some of the symptoms were, you know, familiar to what people talked about. So um, I actually ended up getting tested a few months later for antibodies and I had them. Uh, but at the time when I had this, uh, there was no testing available. There was really no way to know whether you had it or not at the time. And it's and it's actually an even scarier thought because now doctors are saying that you could get reinfected with with the virus right. again. So it's 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 very important that people continue to follow the CDC guidelines. But again, unfortunately, this is you know we're not obviously we know what we have to do. But as far as business owners go, you guys are in a very difficult situation and the government needs to change this. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of businesses. There's going to be a lot of places that are going to be pretty much, it's going to be a ghost town if things don't end up changing, I'm assuming. Absolutely. I, you know, I know the, um, the the state government here had tried to pass a bill that would allow businesses to renegotiate rent with the landlords. The landlords also, of course, got together. They have a strong lobby and that bill was squashed in the local Senate here. So, 
you know, that's uh, in, in, in that particular situation, I think it's a bit of a short sighted decision on the landlord's uh, side because they are going to have mass evictions and who is going to take over the, take over those empty spaces. That's going to, that's going to lower the property values for them. They won't be able to get the same lease rates as they had before. So there has to be some kind of a mutual, you know, teamwork type of approach to solving the situation between the landlords and the restaurant or really any other type of business. I mean, would you, would you think that, would you think that them not, or them squashing this or whatever, um, would you think that maybe has to do with, with maybe, and I hate to use this term, but maybe greed at all. I mean, maybe they, they just, you know, want more money. I mean, they're not able to like, you know, be flexible at all because they just want money. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the, you know, what do they say? Follow the money. So it's definitely a decision that's basically just based on, you know, finance. It's a financial decision, uh, but it's a little bit, it's a short-sighted decision. You know, I'm not a landlord. I don't own this place. So perhaps, you know, they, there is a side to every story, but to me, it would seem that the smarter decision would be to find a long-term solution to this instead of just squashing a bill that's going to allow current tenants to renegotiate rent. Um, a lot of the commercial leases, you know, they're not like residential leases where you sign a lease for a year. Commercial leases are 10 years or longer. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about tenants that have signed these long-term leases now are going to be gone and the the landlords would have to find somebody else to sign this long-term lease. And that's difficult right now, especially because I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a lot of these properties are, are pretty much like the, the properties that were, uh, that, that were, were happening in 2008 when the real estate market just completely dropped. And that's when they were in the negative, these properties. And that's pretty much what these landlords are going to be looking at as well, that they're going to be in the negative with a lot of their, with with a lot of their financials. So it's, it's a difficult situation, like I said, for both sides, but, and you know, I mean, it's, it's even, I I would have to think it's even more difficult for the tenants because I mean, here you are, you worked your butt off for all these years to actually get to where you're at all for it to just go away in just a matter of months because of something that was completely out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a difficult time. I just, I wish there was a better strategy from the government level on how to, you know, I I could only speak directly about the restaurant industry. I know other industries have been affected as well, but I work in a restaurant industry. And again, we, we employ, a lot of people and uh, there are over 500,000 just independent restaurants in the United States. So you're talking about really a devastation of a huge industry. It's an industry that's again, larger than the airline industry, but we employ uh, 16 million people here. So it's, um, it's not looking good right now, but hopefully with, uh, with the independent restaurant coalition, we could put some pressure on the Congress to have a, a bailout plan for us here. And again, this money is not going into our pockets. We're not publicly traded companies. We're not just going to make our investments investments investors richer. This money is going straight into pockets of our employees. So whatever money is sent to the businesses is going to go right back into the economy. We're, you know, we're not uh, just going to sit on this money. We're going to reopen and we're going to, you know, generate a lot of tax revenue and we're going to employ a lot of people. So that money goes straight back into the economy. And is there anything, is there anything that, that the community can do to help uh, your business or anybody else's business to go ahead and try to make sure they save the businesses? 
Well, a couple of things. Of course, they can obviously come and support us, visit the restaurants or place orders to go if people are uncomfortable us, you know, venturing out. Um, we have most of the, these restaurants offer delivery, so that would be one way to help local restaurants. And another way would be to, to really mention something to your local representatives, uh, local and federal, um, you know, politicians that represent our districts. Um, you mentioned something to them because closing of these of these restaurants, you know, we are part of the community here. We're part of the fabric of the community. So having all these empty spaces, even if you look here in Hollywood or really anywhere in LA, you could have, uh, you know, uh, blocks and blocks of closed businesses. That does not look good. That no. really devastates the community as well. And that's very true. And that's very true. It'll, it, it'll revert back to, because uh, I remember it used to be like that for well, while I was a kid, but it used to be like that in the 80s, actually, uh, that you know, a lot of businesses were like that. And it didn't, and it did, you know, if anything, it bred, uh, you know, vagrancy, uh, uh, it bred, you know, drug use and a bunch of other bad things in Hollywood many years ago. Absolutely. It definitely devastates the whole community. So it's, uh, it's scary times a little bit right now. We're trying to make do, uh, but hopefully we're waiting that's all we could do at this point. I mean, we are talking to representatives, but they, they need to get together and, 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 and help us here because otherwise it's, it's, it's not going to look good. Well, gee, I mean, like, and when you say that, do you have a timeline of, of what could occur worst case scenario? I mean, what are you looking at a month, two months, three months that, you know, things might get, you know, might end up going the bad way. Sure. I mean, listen, that's another thing. Again, like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's very difficult to plan or strategize because we don't know what happens. We get the news at the same time everybody else does. Are we closing? Are we not closing? Can we go inside with limited capacity? Can we not go? So these things, you know, everybody's sort of flying by the seat of their pants here. And so we are just kind of waiting to receive the news. There is no long-term strategy. And it's understandable, you know, we're, you know, the, the, the government officials are looking at COVID rates and seeing if they're trending up or down. But while they're doing that, they there has to be some kind of a strategy to help businesses get through this on the other side. You can't just close whole industries, not just restaurants, really any hospitality-related businesses um, and just close us and not offer any type of support. That's very true, man. And, you know, like I said, it, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that the things get better for you guys. Well, let's let's talk. Let's talk. Best case scenario. Let's say that, you know, they, they come up with vaccines. Obviously, a lot of people are saying that things won't get back to normal for another year. Can can your business obviously with uh, with uh, with uh, restrictions partially lifted? Can your business, you know, get back on track, get back to normalize or at least be in the positive in a year? as a lot of experts believe might happen? Within a year, I mean, uh, based on how people feel about really getting out there and, and, and going to a restaurant. So I feel like maybe people are becoming a little bit more comfortable. There are talks about vaccines, so maybe that'll make people comfortable. But best case, best case scenario for us is um, that we're able to reopen inside even maybe at 50% capacity by the time, by let's say November, December, because by then, the, again, the weather is going to change. It's going to be cold. It's going to rain. Um, us and many, many other places are not going not gonna to be able to 
have outside patios. And if we're not allowed to go back inside, then we're right back to where we started in March. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, let's, 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 let me ask you, uh, you know, best, best case scenario, everything's back to normal, everything's good. Were you guys planning on expanding within uh, a year or were you guys just planning on, you know, seeing how everything goes and then possibly, you know, uh, expanding? We, we had great plans to expand. This concept was doing really well for us. We've got calls from other cities to put this concept in, in other cities in the country. Actually, the, we were going to put one of, uh, we, were going to, we were going to put third base in Detroit, and that was going to happen in August. We were supposed to open in August, but uh, all those plans got put on hold. And now it's very difficult to plan anything. Do we, do we start construction in Detroit? I know Michigan has been hit pretty hard as well. Mm-hmm. Do we wait another six months? Uh, is this going to take three years or is this going to take nine months? It, there's a lot of uncertainty and there is, it's very difficult to, to plan. Well, Drew, man, I, I, I really hope that uh, things get better for you. And I, I'm curious, I, I ask everybody this whenever they come on my show, how can people stalk you or Third Base LA on social media? Of course, of course. So they can stalk Third Base LA on social media under the handle Third Base LA. So it's number three, RD Base LA, or stalk me on social media under Drillicious LA. I love that name. I've always loved that name. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that name forever. It's probably time to change it, but uh, people have gotten accustomed to it. So, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I mean, thank you so much, Drew, for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time, man. Again, I, I wish you the best. I wish that uh, I hope that you and all other business owners get back on track very soon. I hope the government ends up helping you guys out because you guys need that help in order to continue to thrive and also for the community's sake as well because you guys bring entertainment to the community absolutely we definitely you know people come here they celebrate birthdays here they come you have here celebrities you have celebrities they, that come there right yes absolutely all the time you know people enjoy the food the atmosphere you know it, it's a it's all about being social these days and you know people like to share ideas and you know hang out after work or before work or come watch sports or just come and enjoy great food and uh you know the restaurant industry is unique in that way where it really only works if you can come and sit down and enjoy it with your friends you know sitting home alone is not the same i agree man i definitely agree and hopefully you know uh next time i mean hopefully i'd love to have you on the show again and you know kind of under different circumstances maybe actually go and uh, sit down and actually you know have the show at third base la and just you know sit there and have a nice little uh, chat with you there that'd be great That'd be so awesome. Absolutely. Once they allow us to go a little bit inside, perhaps you could stop by. We'll uh, grab a beer. I like that idea. Thanks again, Drew Gates. I appreciate that. Drew Gates, owner of Third Base LA, man. Appreciate your time. And again, man, we'll talk to you soon. And I hope that uh, things get better for everybody and for you as well. I appreciate it, Xander. Thank you so much. All right, later. Thank you so much, Drew Gates, for being on the Xander Effect. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I'll be able to, like, have a drink with you over at Third Base LA. I'd love to go ahead and uh, check out your new spot, bud. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I hope for the best. I hope that the government is able to help all business owners out and uh, are able to get you guys out of this uh, situation that, unfortunately, the entire world is in. Uh, the rental situations right now are so bad, especially for the restaurant owners. I mean, 
coming across the country. And the worries that Drew has are being shared by restaurant owners everywhere. Um, even the place, especially the places on the East Coast that have been managing to survive similar to how he has with having outdoor seating available and things like that. You know, I mean, we're lucky here where, yeah, we get some cold, cold winter times, but it's nothing compared to back east, you know, so it's it's going to hit this industry very hard. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, he's got valid concerns and, uh, you know, unfortunately, like even, even if the cold and the rain decide to come through here, which, which more than likely it will happen. He At doesn't, some point. yeah. And he doesn't, he, he said so himself, he's not, his place isn't built for something like that. Right. Uh, not even the outside is. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough one. Let's hope that, uh, that our, uh, elected officials elected keyword there decide to actually, you know, do something to, you know help all of us out really at this point but that's you know that's always reaching what can i say but we're not going to get into that <laughs> expecting politicians of any ilk to do anything to help the common man i think uh you know i gave up on that hope a few decades back isn't isn't that isn't that a disney hope when you wish upon a star <laughs> like i mean i would have to say that's a disney hope at this point <laughs> i was gonna launch into the song but i don't want to get sued <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they would see you for your voice, really. Like they wouldn't see you for the song, I would think. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> even though you did, even though did you do the song for Charlie Brown at all? Like, were you? Yes, I actually did. Uh, they had us do Snoopy. One of the shows we did was Snoopy the Musical, and it was a like hour, hour and a half TV special, and every single. Every single song, every single thing was done in song. It was almost operatic. So we had to train. Uh, I'd already been taking singing lessons, and thankfully they let me continue working with my coach. And we trained oh hours and hours and hours a day for three months uh, before actually going in to record um, that episode. And uh, yeah, I got to do a couple of songs. It was pretty cool. I got to do one of the great pumpkin songs, and and you know back then before my voice changed i could still carry a tune pretty good so before before your balls dropped you mean uh, the, or i thought we were still waiting for that you missed that <laughs> you missed that one come on i'm setting them up for you here <laughs> you're right you're right i totally i totally i totally spaced on that one i was waiting you know for what? you to go I, I, total other how, direction come how on. about this how about this i gave that one to you all right uh, yeah, yeah, i'll go ahead yeah, and get yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. i i, I gave you a pass on that one i give you a gimme on that one so um but anyways but let you know let's talk about a topic that i know is going to be near and dear to your heart and my heart the dodgers winning yeah, their baby. eighth west north or, or uh, nl west title they won it eighth west title that's uh, only the third team in the history of baseball to win that many division titles with uh, just behind well not just behind the braves at 15 straight and the yankees with nine so in great company and uh, they not only clinched the national league west but the top seed in the national league as well so they'll have home field through the whole thing uh yeah really excited to see our boys doing well and just had a feeling that with the amount of age that we do have on this team, our pitchers, um, I had a feeling the shortened season might 
be set up for the Dodgers to really excel. And uh, if they remain healthy into the playoffs, I really think this is the best shot they've had in a while. You know, as long as nobody's uh, banging on trash cans or using surveillance equipment to cheat. Um, you or know. they're going to go ahead and do like pigeons and stuff like that, you know? I don't know like, what the hell they'll there. do, but I'm still bitter. I'm sorry, man. I'm Dude, bitter. you and me both. Are you kidding me? We've talked about this many times. Robbed. Anyway, we're, we're yeah. moving on. We're moving yeah. on. Anyway, I just, I had a feeling this shortened season was going to be um, kind of set up really well for the Dodgers and um, what they're able to do. And the really awesome thing, I don't think people who aren't Dodger fans, well, I don't know if they'd find it awesome, but Cody Bellinger, our MVP from last year, isn't even performing very well. He's just starting to find his stroke, and we're already the best team in baseball. If he finds his stroke by the time the playoffs come, the Dodgers offense is going to be almost unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mookie Betts is having another MVP type season. We have tons of bats around him, great arms and the best relief staff in the league by the numbers anyway. So, man, we are really set up for this and I am just holding my breath, man. It's been way too long since 88. Yeah, tell me about it, man. And man, they they not only did they win, they destroyed the Oakland Athletics 7 to 2. Yeah, they handed it to them pretty good. I mean, given, you know, the A's Jeez. beat them the, the day before, but yeah, they handed it to them pretty good. And that offense is clicking, man. They just put up, I think, uh in 3 games, they put up almost 30 runs against Colorado. It's it's been a good run. And you know who also is actually incredibly happy is obviously Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. He went on to say, quote, to fast forward a couple of months and and be crowned NL West champs is a credit to everyone. It should never be taken for granted. Truth be told, a lot of guys didn't know we could clinch. We were responsible, but I but I let it know that it has to be appreciated. So he's definitely I mean, it's deserved. I mean, I, I think that like like. We're, I mean, I'm still going to bring it back. We got robbed completely. And I don't know. For some reason, I think this is this is kind of like, you know, the universe's the universe's way of paying back. You know, I don't know. You know, things are things are looking good for the Dodgers at the moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself because unfortunately and not to be mean to the guy you were just quoting. But unfortunately, he's still our coach. So if he can keep (laughs) his hands off of the bullpen too much while we're in the playoffs in the World Series, we have a really good shot. Well, so. we're, we'll find out soon enough. I mean, you know, the Dodgers are moving forward and uh, we'll figure, we'll, we'll find out it, to see if uh, they are still championship worthy because every, and, and it's so funny because social media went off uh, when when this is uh, announced on social media saying, let's just tell, like, I, I remember one of the uh, social media handle, I, I don't remember the name, but that person said, um, you know, let's just hope they could actually win the championship this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I second that statement. So. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody does. So we'll find out, you know, it's coming up soon. So we'll see what happens with the Dodgers. Uh, and, and you know what? LA's on, LA is on fire right now 
that's a really poor choice of words. I was going to um, say. <laughs> LA is doing very well, actually, right now. Wow. That was a really poor choice of words. My apologies for that. Um, but the Lakers, man. Anthony Davis with that three-point shot to freaking win, uh, to actually, I'm sorry, to, to win the second game of the Western Conference Finals. Are you kidding me? Uh, the Lakers are looking great, um, although you cannot count this scrappy team from Denver out. Looking at what they did in coming back down 3-1 to one in both their last series, this team cannot be counted out as they showed with a very scrappy, very tough performance last night um you know taking game three so i really think the lakers are looking beautiful and I, if we get through this oh man we get to play either boston or miami how much fun would that be oh dude that would be especially boston <laughs> well, you know my feelings uh, on that i always like getting to smack boston oh right? those Damn Celtics, man. I'm saying I just I just I just want to go ahead because I'm still salty. The last time we went up against Boston, Boston, they won. I want that redemption. I, I've been yearning for that redemption, <laughs> you know, for years. It's been a, it's been many years coming. So let's just let, ah, let's just let, let's get there first. Let's go ahead and get the nuggets out of the way first. Exactly. We got to focus <laughs> on getting there first. Exactly. While we're on while we're on the Lakers, I want to bring this up. Um, it was a news story today on Time that was in Time Magazine or at least Time Online. Um, Sam Gregory or Sean Gregory reported on the new book that's coming out that uh, Jeff Perlman wrote on the Lakers and it's called Three Ring Circus and it is about the Kobe Shaq and Phil crazy years basically and there's getting a lot of pushback right now unfortunately because of the timing of the book as book was set to be released in September 2020 long before Kobe passed away. Mm. And this is a very blunt book. And unfortunately, Kobe does not come out looking very well. Wow. This is the young. Well, it's the young Kobe. Ah. And this this writer makes it very clear that this was not a book about slandering Kobe. It was a book about who these men were at that time. And at the time, anybody who knew Kobe would tell you he was a bit of a prick. And that's being nice. He was very arrogant. He was young. He was conceited. He was, he treated people very poorly in a lot of ways. And this book addresses that very bluntly. Mm. Coming so soon after Kobe's death, there's a lot of pushback that maybe it should have been delayed. Maybe he shouldn't have put it out. And, you know, I, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of go against the grain on that. I mean, he, his main concern and the, the writer said his main concern about it and his, the reason he did actually consider pushing the book back was for Kobe's family. Mm -hmm. Makes he sense. said, he said, other than that, I don't really care if people think the timing's bad. He said, people are never going to believe that, you know, I didn't do this to capitalize on Kobe's death. Well, the, anyway. timing, the, the timing will never be good. I mean, here's the, the issue with that is that, look, at the end of the day, we were all young. We were all stupid. We were all at some point. We all make mistakes. And Kobe is, isn't perfect. 
you know, oh. or I'm sorry, wasn't perfect. You know, nobody's per- nobody's perfect, especially when you know. I mean, come on, the the guy was what 17 when he got signed to the NBA. Mm-hmm. At that age, at that age, which one of us can honestly say that we were saints or we were, you know, not arrogant or a little cocky at times? Oh no, that's exactly it, and that's one of the quotes uh, in this article from Jeff Perlman, the the writer of the book, and he says specifically, "I need people to." understand the Kobe Bryant of 1996 to 2004 is not the Kobe Bryant of 2005 to 2020. Exactly. We all grew up. I believe, honestly, that showing all of these faults and flaws just makes it more impressive, the amount of growth you saw in him and the person he became. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that does it for me. It doesn't take away from him as a fan for me as it doesn't take away my enjoyment of those years with them. I think it makes me respect him more. Agreed. Agreed. And it actually could serve as an even bigger role model to the younger generation that, hey, don't make the same mistakes I, I did pretty much or don't make the same mistakes that he did or anybody did back then. And try to be better now. Try to be a better generation. Try to be try to be a more evolved generation than our generation, you know what? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that would be a really interesting, you know, thing. I, mean, I, I have to say, I'm looking forward to reading it, and not because of the dirt. You know, I'm not. It's not. Oh, I need to find out this juicy bit of gossip. It's. I want to read what that was really like. And like you said, I want to. I want to take those lessons and I want to see the growth of all of these individuals. I mean, I guarantee you Shaq is not the same person he was. Oh, yeah. Jackson is not the same person he was. Yeah, Jordan, so, Jordan was the same, was the same oh, way Jordan, as well. I mean, every teammate well, I mean, Jordan was the most hated guy in his own yeah. locker room most of the time. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's well known. So, it's just because of the timing, there is a lot of flack that you know, is kind of coming back on this guy because of the book. And I honestly, like I said, I think it doesn't take away from his memory. I think it adds to it. Oh, and speaking of Jordan, a little tidbit of uh, information. Seems like he's going to, and I found this out uh, a couple of days ago, he's investing in NASCAR. He's actually, and his uh, first driver that's going to be on on the team that he's investing in is going to be Bubba Wallace. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, It's not terribly shocking considering he has such deep ties to North Carolina and, you know, the Carolinas and that area has a rich racing history. And Mm -hmm. so it's not terribly shocking. So that's going to be interesting to see, too. In other uh, sports news. Sad day in uh, in uh, wrestling uh, today as uh, WWE legend uh, Road Warrior Animal passed away today at the age of 60. Uh, real name uh, Joseph, Joseph Laurinaitis, Laurinaitis. Uh, died of natural causes today. Uh, and uh, man, that's that's another that's another childhood legend gone man i mean they're they're dropping like flies dude this is this is crazy what's going on right now with them and 60 he was young that's still pretty young to like 
it's it's young, but you got to remember what these guys put their bodies through True. for so many years. There's a reason you don't see a lot of really old wrestlers. That's just the truth. These guys put their bodies through immense amounts of torture and damage for years and years. And, you know, unfortunately it catches up. But, uh, man, he was amazing. He was an absolute legend and uh, a man I got to meet multiple times. Um, it was always an honor. I, I I was a huge Road Warrior fan. I mean, they, they were they were my favorite tag oh, yeah. team ever before they even got to you know before they even got to WWF. Well, at the time WWF, yeah. now WWE. Um, I, I was following them long before that. They were one of my favorite tag teams of all time, and getting to meet them was one of the top. Like for me meeting Miss Elizabeth and meeting oh, them yeah, was so pretty cool. much as good as it got. So, dude, dude, let me tell you, man, LOD Legion of Doom was one of my favorite tag teams as a kid growing up. You know, every time you hear the when you heard that yep. when you heard that you knew some some stuff was gonna go down with the LOD man like that was such a hyped entrance of uh, you know such one of the one of the many iconic entrances of uh, WWF era well, uh, I mean, as they say, there is still a term used in all the locker rooms of the WWE when you hear that audience insane audience pop. You know what it's called? It's called Road Warrior Pop. Nice. Yep. And that's the truth. And <laughs> I mean, John Laurinaitis, Road Warrior uh, Animal, you will be missed. Definitely missed by many of your fans, man. I mean, rest in peace. Uh, and I, you know, my condolences go to uh, to uh, to his family. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, and, he, and unfortunately, today's just not a good day for for sports in general as uh we also lost nfl legend gail sayers passed away today at 77 at the age of 77 after battling with dementia i yep. mean it's, it's been a from what we've heard he's had a he's had a hard road and a quick deterioration over the last year or two and uh it's sad to see a man that was that graceful and that amazing to watch on the field i mean watching old tapes of him is incredible it's like watching a combination of that loping stride that oj had with the elusive craziness you had never seen of a barry sanders oh yeah i mean it's just it's one of the most beautiful things to watch the way he ran the way he made people miss uh he was an amazing amazing running back and almost everybody who ever played with him said he was the best they ever saw yeah, and, and he only played 68 career games. I mean, that, you know, and that's that was due to various injuries that he that he had, you know, uh, had over the seasons and stuff. But I mean, yeah, multiple, was, he, multiple knee injuries. I mean, he was considered one of the greatest running backs of all time. Absolutely. And had he had the longevity, I mean, he'd have broken practically every record there was at the time, you know, and I'd, I think many of his records would still stand. But he only had a seven year career. He had multiple, multiple horrific knee injuries. I believe he had the unholy trinity at least twice. Mm. Um, you know, so, yeah, his career was sadly cut very short, but he was an amazing, amazing runner and apparently an amazing teammate as well. So. 
Well, he will definitely be. Uh, that's another. That's another sports legend gone, and uh, you know he will also be missed by many of his fans. Rest in peace as well uh, to to him, and you know also condolences to his family. You know Gail Sayers, Gail, Gail Sayers, rest in peace, and uh, you know my condolences go out to the fans and the family of 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 his as well. In other uh, sports news, uh, speaking of football. You know, fantasy football. You know, I, I gotta say, I, I'm actually doing pretty well in fantasy football. What can I say? Three. You know, I, I, you're one and one. <laughs> I mean, you know, but this week I killed it. <laughs> I killed it this week. You know, yeah, even, you did. Well, you, you, like I said, you got a very boomer bust team. Most it was points. Boom, most points. It was a boom week for you. Most points in all of our in all of our uh, our, well, our no, you, so far. You could have lost your top scorer and still beaten your opponent this week. So yeah, yeah. it was a pretty good week. For you. What was pissing me off is that what what still pissing me off right now is the fact of the matter that where the hell was my team last week? I mean, they just showed up this week. I'm like, okay, now you well, you know what? It's better that they show up week two than in week four or five. So I'm at least happy about that. Oh, don't so, worry. They can show up in week five. You're still losing. <laughs> You're only sad because I'm going up against you week five. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> dream a little dream, my friend. Dream a little dream. Um, so, but you know what, though? I mean, one thing's for sure that the NFL was plagued with injuries this week, especially well, from San Francisco. Man, as we already saw, I mean, we said before the season this was going to be a crazy season. Guys did not have the same amount of prep time. They did not have the same amount of workouts. They're not in the same physical condition that they are in usually on day one. And we knew this was going to take its toll. And look what look what's already going on. As you saw, I mean, almost what half half the San Francisco Jeez. offense wiped off the field. We have Saquon Barkley out for the entire season. Um, was it Melvin? Uh, no, no, no. What's his name? Mac uh, in Indianapolis out for the season. I mean, it's really bad right now. Oh yeah, and and let's talk about this one real quick. Did you hear about why Tyrod Taylor missed the game and didn't start for the Chargers on Sunday? Oh, please do tell. So, Tyrod Taylor was a very late scratch from the game on Sunday. You want to know why? As was reported on Yahoo Sports by Liz Rusher, the team doctor punctured his lung when administrating a pain shot for his crushed ribs. Mm. The doctor punctured his lung. He had to go to the hospital with a deflated lung. Well, someone's losing their medical license. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's a pretty freak accident there. Um, you know, you're planning on playing a football game in an hour, and next thing you know, you're on a gurney in a hospital having your lung reinflated. Oh my God, that's just, that's a freak occurrence right there. Like yeah, that's well, that, that's never really happened. N- not not that I. I mean, it's something that I've heard of in in you know in hospitals, in teaching hospitals. I have friends who went through residency who heard about somebody doing something like that. But no, this is not a way I've ever heard of a football player. You know. <laughs> The closest I've ever heard is what last year, the year before, somebody received a pain injection before the playoff game and they hit a nerve. 
so he oh wasn't able God. to play you know but this is this is deflating your lung that's that's a whole nother story that's bad that's bad man man i'll tell you i gotta tell you like and i even i even uh sent you uh text saying this uh the fact of the matter that i was gonna you know going back to san francisco real quick i was gonna draft jimmy g jimmy garoppolo as my secondary qb and i'm so happy that somebody beat me to him because the thing is the first time that i drafted jimmy g was what his first year in san francisco and what happens game one he gets he gets put out for the entire season i mean this guy he's got he's accident prone like he's really accident prone right now i gotta say he seems to be a little injury prone um they have a really good offensive line. They seem to protect him really well. It's not like he was, you know, getting sacked constantly. And I, I, I just don't understand it. It really, he does seem to suffer these injuries that um, seem to put him out for an extended period of time. Do you think that? Do you think they might be the same? I mean, because this is the second time that he loses yet another full season of, you know, of football. I mean. <sighs> How's that going to affect his his plane? Like you know, this is and this is and this is within a year. Like this is I'm sorry, within a two year uh, a two year time difference. Yeah, he's only he's only had one full season in between these two injuries. Yeah. So it's it's not great and definitely hurts his progression to a degree. Um, but but I don't know. That team seems to have a lot of faith in him. I doubt they're going to pull the trigger, you know, and start looking elsewhere too quickly. But uh, if this seems to be a pattern, um, they might have to look for somebody more durable. And let's go and let's look at, you know, uh, with uh, going back to Saquon Barkley as well. Man, tor- he tore his ACL. I mean, that's pretty severe for running back. Anytime you're dealing with the knee and those ligaments for a running back, it's not a good thing. Do you, I mean, but do you think, I mean, it's it's going to be tough on him because, I mean, do you think that he'll be able to bounce back? Because he was one of the, dude, the guy has so much speed. It's ridiculous. But now with this injury, I mean, do you think that he might actually be able to, you know, be the being, same after this? Being that it's an ACL, I would venture, yes, he will be able to. He's young enough. The surgeons are good enough. He seems to have that work ethic. So if he's smart, if he listens to his doctors, he doesn't over push his rehab and he lets it heal properly i think he could probably come back just as strong if not stronger it's been done before and he's certainly young enough um i mean if jerry rice was able to do it at 40 years old and come up come back and still have 1500 yard seasons i think he it can be done um you know it depends though i mean it's it's a running back your legs are your life so anytime you're dealing with ankles and knees that's going to be a problem um it just depends on how he comes back i mean thank god it wasn't the trinity thank god it wasn't all three of the ligaments because that is almost always a death sentence for a running back i mean they're they're almost guaranteed to lose a step at that point so i i think he's got a good shot i really do i think he's lucky that it was only just the acl well let's let's also talk about fantasy football going back to fantasy football with these types of injuries that are going on with these top picks you know for you know during the draft because saquon's one was one of the top picks so was uh jimmy garoppolo so to speak um you know what what would you suggest for santa for fantasy owners right now to do i mean like fantasy owners i, I mean in our league alone 
we've seen fantasy owners scrambling to try Already. to go ahead and make up for that. Exactly. And it's tough to do. That's one of the reasons why I was and you were as well. You know, we were pushing so hard. People, you need to be prepared for anything. You know, I I drafted six running backs, six or seven running backs this year because I just had a feeling that running backs were going to be dropping like flies. I did the same. You know, and I, I just wanted to have options. And the truth is, the people who didn't do that are going to have to look to trade with other strength on their team because there's very few people available on the waiver wires right now who are going to make a difference for them. Um, I mean, they could get lucky and pick up somebody's handcuff and have somebody get injured. I mean, I still have Tony Pollard stashed on my bench because if anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott, I got a number one running back. Mm -hmm. But that's just backups right now. Um, if you didn't plan for this, it's going to be very, very hard to bounce back from losing one of your top running backs. A top quarterback's easier to replace. Um, streaming quarterbacks can be a little easier. You can pick weaker matchups and still have guys who aren't as strong at quarterback put up decent fantasy numbers for you. That's a lot harder to find at running back. Uh, the pickings are just a lot more slim. So if you didn't prepare, your best bet is to look at your strength elsewhere and try and make a trade because you're not going to pick up a game changer on the waiver wire right now. It's definitely going to be a tough season for fantasy owners. I mean, and, 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 it's, and, it's barely, we, and it's barely week two. That's the worst part. I was going to say, well, we knew it was going to get crazy soon. Um, but I was I was going to point something out just real quick. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you love your points and everything this there week. There we go. There we go. Um, you know, who was it who... who Talked you out of oh, panicking God. and getting rid Here of Mike Gusecki. Here we go. Mike Gusecki, okay. your your tight end who put up 34 points for you, and you were whining about, oh God, I got to get rid of him because this other guy can give me two hey. more points. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay. I, I, I'll admit, yes, I panicked a little bit. I mean, I mean, but you can't, you can't, you can't begrudge me a little panic. I mean, look at how he performed in week one, and I was like, if this is how he performs in week one. Is this is this you know pretty much you know a precursor of things to come, you know for the rest of the season? That that's what had me a little bit nervous, uh, you know, with Mike Kosecki. And it's and it's crazy because you got to admit, like when he for the first before the delay before the delay because of weather conditions in Miami, um, he wasn't doing too well. And then suddenly after the delay, when he came back, that's when he like put the pedal to the metal out of nowhere. So I don't know if maybe the coaches kind of like, you know, put, said something in his ears like, dude, you got to get, you know, you, know, you got to get your S together, you know, and try to get make something happen right now. Uh, and that's why he came back and boom, he just like killed it. Well, so, I don't think he, I don't think him not doing a whole lot at, in the first part had too much to do with him. He wasn't dropping balls. He wasn't missing routes. It just wasn't, the game flow wasn't going towards him. He was open a couple times, but they were going in another direction. He, you know, I think it's just game flow. It's going to happen that way sometimes. And maybe the defense saw something earlier on that they were able to capitalize on after the break. Who knows? You know, maybe they saw something in the opposing team's defense and they were like, hey, you know, we've got a scene here. Or we've got a matchup here we can exploit. Um, but I don't know if that particularly falls on him. 
Well, I mean, you know, again, it, it's it's it was nerve wracking at first, but you know, I, but I told you, hey, you got You got to give me a little credit here. I told you I was still going to hang on for him for at least another week to see how he does. This is, of course, before before, you know, he freaking killed it for me. I was like, OK, I might hang out for to him a little bit longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, hey, I got to admit, it, man. You have uh, you have always predicted you vote like you scare me sometimes, you know, with your predictions. I mean, you know, Kyle you, I, I, I was going to say how you like how you like my boy Kyler this year. <laughs> Dude, you called it like a man. And that's why I told you. That's why when I, I texted you, actually, and I said, you know, like I, I never I, it's not like I never have faith in your predictions. I'm just afraid of them because you use it against <laughs> us. So, yeah, I, I'm always scared whenever you you call it. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't like this. I, I really don't like this guy. I don't like it. So <laughs> again, you know, we still have week three coming up oh yeah and i'm i'm still i'm you know still enjoying the luck i'm getting right now i don't Me have too. anybody really injured <laughs> i don't have you know <laughs> so as, I'll, I'll just ride that as long as it goes I, I doubt it'll last much longer but you and me both brother you and me both so we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll see what happens in week three in other sports news daniel cormier is having a kind of a verbal social media war of words with uh wwe hall of famer booker t and uh ariel helwani is is kind of the instigator in this whole thing um they went ahead and uh and posted something on their on their uh podcast having to do with uh booker t and dc kind of talking trash to one another who knows if this is an angle they're trying to go ahead and pull to have dc maybe you know fight him or whatever but I don't know. It's kind of strange for him to be, you know, trying to pick some sort of a match with somebody that's already retired. You know, I mean, pick a, pick a fight with somebody that um, that isn't retired. Actually, uh, correction. He actually did. He was actually trying to like uh, trying to pull an angle with, against Roman Reigns. Uh, DC was trying to do that at first, and that's when Booker T actually, you know, intervened and started talking a little trash here and there. And DC just like he, he laughed about it because he's like, he's like, I'm a total fan of Booker T, Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray. I mean, I've been watching these guys for years. I'm a huge fan of theirs, so it's it's kind of hard for me to uh, to to break KFAB. You know, with with Booker T, because I'm just a huge fan of his, you know, so it was actually a really lighthearted uh, war of words. And uh, Ariel Hawani was also kind of chiming in here and there trying to uh, set up a promo. But he went on Twitter and basically uh, he says, uh, hey, at Booker T5X, my guy DC can do whatever the hell he wants. Do you do you know do you know who you're talking about here? Show some respect for the double champ. You better not hope he shows up over there because let me tell you, he isn't showing up alone, sucker. <laughs> and Booker T responded by saying, quote, Ariel, you didn't say that. Tell me you didn't just say that. <laughs> so it's the funniest war of words back and forth. And I'm just like laughing so hard watching this. Uh, Booker T went ahead and, and sent them a video, uh, you know, basically telling Ariel that, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, don't cat, don't let me catch you at Starbucks. You know? <laughs> so, 
it was it's just dude it was it seriously was the funniest back and forth between the two of them who knows if this is an angle that they're playing but it's actually kind of entertaining so far as it is hey i like it it's a crack up and it shows me that uh, you know dc's got a little more personality than he tends to show in the ufc so maybe he's a better fit over there than i thought Yep, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they're trying to like kind of go, uh, uh, you know, they have an angle here. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes forward. Coming up next in video game news, man, Xbox Series X and PS5 sold out within minutes. But the question is, will there be more? <laughs> we got to find that out coming up next in video game news. But first, here is JP Castillo's Besame Mucho right here on the Xander Effect. Si 
Johnny Celeste. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Maricela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Zando Effect, and I am the DJ KID to Kick and Creek. Welcome to the place to be. When I'm driving, ayy, pulling up in a Mazi, ayy, tattoos on my body, ayy, through a dinner is private, ayy, I'm for sure you a probably, ayy, got the bitch on the molly, ayy, I'm a church and they copy, ayy, talking shit and they hiding, ayy, I'm busy getting a check, got them all setting they vest, I'm in the neck, I just got brand new address, I just might land on the deck, tell me what's next, I got the Louis on me, I got them jewels on my teeth, swear that they be, just go and Google the drip, bitch, I am who you gon' see, Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking me. Touchdown in the 305, hop out the PJ. Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey. Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so 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 easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. I need a Spencer thing, yeah, that's what I Take a bit spot, yeah, that's what I might Oh, say I'm drinking, oh, yeah, turn up tonight Wanna hang with the gang, need an invite Run it up, fuck it up, broke bitch, shut it up Broke boy, I don't give a fuck Pussy good, but I don't give it up Yeah, I just be doing my thing, yeah No NBA, I got rings, yeah Robins is all in my jeans, yeah Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me Touchdown in the 305, pop out the PJ Bank account so long, you look like Oprah Winfrey. Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so 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 easy, baby. The why she call up easy, baby. I sweat might freeze me, baby. Late pie, she say don't leave me, baby. Sip has been teasing lately. Then on that pussy, yeah, he the greatest. Late night creep, be the crazy. Don't spit out that nut, say eat it, baby. Who fucking with us ain't nobody. Baby, stop playing that rim that body. I'm really trying to get inside it. Put this old ass, say, ooh, excited. Trying to get with you one night. Throw it back, baby, say, ooh, she fighting. Scrum back, say, ooh, she biting. Pull me in, ooh, she like it. Ring, 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 call AB. All that tough, dumb and nigga can't play me. Two cool little niggas say Swayze Ballin' on a nigga, call me yellow KD Boy, you can call a nigga yellow AD Nut up on the grill, tell that bitch say cheese Bend for the dick, make the mama say please Be the pussy a real, real lazy Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me Touchdown in the 305, hop out the PJ Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. She's so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. She's so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. It's A B, baby. And my boy, Yellow Beezy. Yeah.
That was AB's Nobody right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, man, Xbox Series X and PS5 sell out within minutes of their pre-sale launch. I mean, uh, Xbox, Microsoft went ahead and announced their pre-sale launch uh, just a few minutes before they actually did the launch uh, this past Tuesday. And no Xbox, uh, no Microsoft user was able to get one because they were gone, gone, Jeremy, within minutes, gone. Um, Which pretty much begs the question, Will we have an opportunity to actually get one before the year is out by by holiday season? I mean, this is this is crazy. What happened? It's not that shocking. I mean, come on, this happens almost every time. They always short shell, uh, sell it so that they create a demand. They always give out less product. They always do this stuff. It creates a frenzy and so on. I'm not terribly stunned. I mean, I, in a sense, in a sense, I think they also wanted to to see because I mean, obviously, with uh, the economy the way it is due to COVID and everything, um, I think maybe they wanted to just test the waters to see if there are people that can actually afford to buy the consoles right now. I think that's valid too. Yeah, I mean, and and because and the reason why I'm saying this is because Xbox went ahead and posted on Twitter uh, at Xbox. They posted this actually not uh, a few hours ago, um, saying we are humbled by the record-breaking demand for Xbox Series X and S. Huge thanks to everyone for the excitement. If you weren't successful today, be sure to sign up with retailers for updates and expect more consoles to be available on November 10th. So this this actually makes me think that they have more in stock. They just didn't want to put them all out there, you know, for fear that it wasn't going to sell because of the current situation. At least that's my that's my theory. I think I think it's a valid theory. I think like I said, in general, they tend to do that anyway. Um, I mean, the last dating back to the PS2, you know, these companies have been have been doing this shortened stock release and creating a frenzy. Um, so I think it's probably a combination of both. I think they'd be smart to test the waters, you know, given what's going on right now. Um, so that's that's why I think that's probably very valid as well. I mean, I just, I, I, I want my console. I just want I my know console. You do. Well, at le- think of it this way. At least you're not one of these unlucky souls. So, <laughs> apparently, many, 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 many people are going to be very disappointed. You see, the name Xbox X is very, very, very similar in the way it's listed to... Xbox One X. I know. (laughs) I heard about that too. And in the minutes and hours after the release of Xbox X, Xbox One X actually shot up over 754% (laughs) on Amazon. (laughs) So you're going to have a hell of a lot of people very, very disappointed when they open that box and realize what they've actually bought. But it's Um, like, dude, read it. Read it before you buy it. It says it in the description. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. But, I mean, 754%, it went up in the first two hours or something. Oh, my God. And, it, and I thought, okay, well, maybe they were having a sale on the older one because the new one's out. No, it was the same price as the old, you know, regular 
So you no, think that the I, Amazon kind of did that on purpose? Maybe I have no idea. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I just, or not well, not well, not Amazon, but the 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 um because Amazon's just the hub, but right. uh, it's the retail the retailers that work. Retailers. That, I don't um, I don't know. Maybe they you know maybe they intentionally kept the descriptions close who knows but uh for it to shoot up in two hours over 754 percent i think that states pretty clearly we had a lot of people who couldn't read or, or either that or they were just excited that they found oh my god they have some here. well that's Let's what i'm th- that's what i'm thinking too is it's you know a lot of people were like oh my god there's some they, they said they were gone you know so uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting, dude. And I mean, it, it, it's also you know what? In a sense, I kind of have to blame a little bit Microsoft because come on, come up with a different name. I mean, why? What's what is the deal with these X's? You know, like what? What? I don't understand what the whole purpose of the X, the letter X, is. You know, with these with these uh, with these consoles, it's like okay, fine. You call the Xbox One Xbox One. I get it. You know, that's the name of the console. Okay, fine. But when you come up with the next generation, come up with a different name. I mean, you already have the Xbox Series S, the Xbox One X. I mean, these sound very similar to one another. I mean, they do. It'd be nice if there was a little more uh, differentiation there, but. It just makes no sense to me because that's what's going to go ahead and mess people up whenever they go ahead and buy something like, you know, case in point, what just happened? I mean, you know, you have all these people that are going to be buying this stuff thinking that it's that it's what they're looking for. And it's not. And man, that's man. That's just so sad. That's just I'm, you know what? Yes, Jeremy, you're you're right. I'm very lucky. I'm not one of those one of those that, uh, that bought it. They, I swear, because if they get their, you know, they get their package. I mean, first of all, they should realize that it was a pre-order. You shouldn't be receiving it already, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that should be the first clue. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pre-order. You shouldn't have a physical console yet. <laughs> we let me tell you, gamers, they're a bunch of geniuses. <laughs> let me just put that out there. <laughs> That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for uh listening in. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here with me as always. You're the pain in my ass that I always love. Absolutely miserable as always, brother. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, man. And uh, remember, folks, we're still in a pandemic, so remember to continue to stay safe out there. Continue your social distancing. Wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Wear your goggles if you got them. Wear your gloves if you got them. Remember, we're in this together. We're all working to make sure that we progress and we do well together. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann, in association with Art19 Media.